0: Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to Actus Radio, the nation's only radio program dedicated to the clinical documentation improvement profession. Actus Radio is a biweekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. Today, Wednesday, October 10th, marks our 107th program. So, my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus the Association of Clinical Documentation Improvement Specialists, and I'm your host for today's program, Building a Best Practice HCC Audit Program. So usually I have a co-host with me, all right, but the ACTUS studio is a little emptier today, but I am very pleased with our very capable guest on today's show, Um, and Autumn and I will be uh, sharing uh, some best practice on this topic. But by way of background, Autumn is uh, an RN, BSN, CCDS, CDIP, and CCS, and is an AHIMA certified ICD-10 trainer. By way of background, uh, Autumn has a nursing background that includes ICU, labor and delivery, and school nursing. She transitioned into CDI more than six years ago, served as a clinical documentation specialist, and eventually as the clinical coordinator for a CDI program in Chesapeake, Virginia. Um, Autumn has a long history with ACTUS. She uh, served as our Virginia State ACTUS Local Chapter Leader from to 2016, 2015 to 2016 excuse me, and presented at our past ACTUS Conference. She is now Director of CDI Staffing Services for Trust HCS, where she works with clients from multiple facilities to serve in their staffing needs. And welcome to the program, Autumn.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. Well, as we always do, we're going to start with a poll question related to today's topic. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, ask you to weigh in on the best the option that best pertains to you. So the question reads Is your organization auditing its HCC assignments? And your options are yes, and our CDI department is involved in those audits. Yes, but a different department than CDI handles that. Uh, No, not sure, or not applicable. Again, is your organization auditing its HCC assignments? Your options are yes, and our CDI department's involved in said audits. Yes, but a different department than our CDI department handles this function. No, not sure. Or not applicable all right we've got close to 500 uh, attendees on today's program and we've got about 75% voted I know I've been asked by various folks on prior shows what the the numbers look like on this poll so I'm gonna go ahead and close this out and as we always do we will be uh, returning to this after our interview with autumn all right well Autumn, thanks again for being a part of Actis Radio today. Glad to have you on the show. Um, You know, I thought we could just start with some discussion about HCCs in general. I know maybe to some on our call this might seem a little duplicative, but these are still relatively new, you know, especially compared to DRGs. I was hoping you could spend just a couple minutes explaining to our audience what these are. You know, and how they're both alike and different from uh, the traditional MSDRG model. So, again, these are hierarchical condition categories for those uh, that are. see the acronym up top there.
1: Sure, sure. So, uh, I think first, uh, what HCCs are, we can contrast them to the MSDRG that so many of us are used to. Um, so HCs were developed as a risk adjusted payment methodology um, similar to how we look at things in the inpatient world uh, a little different setup um, they can be captured in the outpatient and inpatient settings so you know a lot of us I think we see HCs and we think outpatient but these are things that we are still looking for sometimes they're not a C or an MCC or you know that C- so it's a, another really great for us to take a look at and see where CDI can make a difference. Um, there are two different HCC sets that were developed: um, one by CMS in 2004, and then again another uh, for the Health and Human Services in 2014. Um, that one is b- primarily used for commercial plans. Just so there's you know an understanding of the difference. Um, CMS. HC model um, was designed for those over sixty-five, of course, looking at it from their patient population, um, and the HCHS model was developed um, for the. Oh. Autumn, we seem to
0: be having some. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Autumn. We're, we're having a little bit of um, audio difficulties here. You're going in and out. I don't know if you're are able to. Correct that, or 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 find a new place to stand. I know you're on your cell, but we're having a little. It was just losing you a little there.
1: Okay. Is this any here? I apologize.
0: That's that's a little better, but yeah, you can proceed. You were talking about the two different models.
1: Yes. Yeah, so two different models. Um, the Medicare-developed HCC plan has about 79 different HCCs that they look at, and then. The HHS version has 120. Um, It comes basically about looking at the diagnoses that are applicable to those populations. So in the HHS model, you're going to have inclusions for obstetric codes, congenital complications, and other psychiatric diagnoses, um, which are not included in the CMS hierarchical plan, of course, because most of those patients are over 65 and those aren't applicable um gotcha and then you know taking a look at it there are some like i said hccs and uh, that are CCs, and some that are not um so you know for cdi we've been so focused on so long of those eight uh ccs and mccs and changing to soi and rom um, that this just gives us another opportunity for things to work with our providers um, so each HCC has multiple codes that fall into that assigned number, and that's similar to the DRG payment model. And the weight is assign, assigned based on complexity and severity of those diagnoses. Um, as you mentioned, the HCCs are hierarchical in nature. So um, examples would be if a patient had various forms of cancer um, in their past medical history, not all of the HCCs pertaining to the malignancies reported are. Supported. Um, are the higher um, RAF score, basically, into our equation. Um, Mm -hmm. Other things that uh, the HCC reporting include combinations of codes and other existing like CKD or diabetes. um, Looked upon in creating their scoring. All of these are combined, again, um, looking at the demographics of that patient as well, so age, socioeconomic status, the um, assessment factor is then used to help determine what the potential health care costs would be for that patient in the following year. So, as you can see, they're like DRGs. The more accurate and specific documentation that we promote as CDI specialists, creating that accurate picture of the patient, um, the more applicable it is to their healthcare needs and can better generate the potential costs um, that will occur from the patient at least. <laughs>
0: Uh, I appreciate it, Armand. I, I, unfortunately, we're still having some real uh, audio difficulties here. It's like your 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 phone comes in very clearly for you know 20, 30 seconds, and then it tails off and breaks up. So we're going to try to do our best with this audience. I know we've got a few comments about it, but we're we're we're, we're working through it. Um, so let's 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 continue on. We'll see how it proceeds because it's not it's it uh, unfortunately is not consistent. But maybe we could talk a little, Autumn, about some of the red flags you are seeing with accurate reporting of HCCs. Um, you mentioned how they're not just inpatient and in they outpatient in nature, but maybe in the outpatient arena because that's a little different than folks are used to. Um, you know, is it a lack of documentation of these diagnoses or is it Is it some uh, necessary support to report them? You know, we we hear a lot about meet criteria, which is making sure the diagnosis is monitored, evaluated, assessed, or treated. Um, Just speaking of audit programs, what are you seeing from that compliance or red flags uh, in this arena?
1: I I apologize again for the sound quality. I keep trying to move into it.
0: Right. yeah, uh, we're unfortunately, we're, Autumn. It's it's very uh, broken up at this point. Um, I don't know if you have any other any other options, any other phone or or a different place to to move.
1: Let me try this. Hold on one second.
0: Okay. We apologize, folks. This is, after all, a live show. Uh, Actus Radio is always bringing it live, but that does bring with it some complications from time to time.
1: <laughs> is this any better, Brian?
0: That sounded good. Yes. Okay. Um, maybe you could okay, from let's start
1: from here. I'm sorry. So I think red flags that are being seen can come from multiple different scenarios. So just like in the inpatient world, providers feel that they're documenting the necessity to pick up specificity, and sometimes it's truly really not there. And then other times, they're giving you bits of information, um, like the meet criteria. You know, we're going back and we're trying to figure out, are you actually monitoring? Are you treating this? And giving us that specificity, so we know that we can pick up that diagnosis, just as we would in the inpatient world, are we able to pick up a secondary diagnosis? Is it being treated? Is it actually being monitored? So. I think what you know comes into play again is the huge educational component. We need to educate providers on what is needed now in this outpatient setting. That we need their ideas down on paper, and so we can capture all of the HCCs appropriately.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. And do you have anything you recommend for an audit process? Um, you know, I mean, some examples are: is this a, a process of randomized record review or? Do you recommend a review of certain high-risk HCCs or maybe something, some other process out of the box that that our audience might not be aware of?
1: So um, just like I would recommend in the inpatient arena for doing a DRG review, in the outpatient setting, I would say select a random number of encounters from each provider in a practice within a certain time frame. We always like to say trying to keep it as current as possible is the best. So three months, is probably my max out for like the time that we go back. Um, and just taking a look and seeing, you know, reviewing for all the potential HCCs that were missed in the coding process and what documentation could have been there to support an additional HCC or a more specified HCC in the hierarchy. Um, where were the diagnoses supported within the documentation? Are there holes? Are there things that we can educate on? And then these findings should be reviewed um, and taken back and created a focus for your audit or for your next HCC Avenue. So take everything that you've gotten to determine where your high areas of volume or errors occurred, where you can provide your educator or your providers and give education on specificity or just a few changes that could occur to promote those proper HCCs being picked up and go from there. focus before
0: you go into starting a program okay you know maybe autumn just to wrap up here we, we spoke a little bit about compliance red flags um, and you just mentioned here about maybe some things that were missed but are, are there some HCCs typically underreported maybe not carried over appropriately from a prior year or a prior encounter um, you know I, I, I can imagine some of these chronic conditions uh, it's easy for them not to be redocumented. Maybe physicians don't don't think it, um, it matters a, a, at all, and I can see these being missed, so I don't know if you have any any areas there that that are just um, opportunities rather than 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 red flags
1: well and and what I could see is, like you said, chronic conditions that are no longer the focus of care that maybe at one point they were acute. Uh, For instance, you know, someone is diagnosed with diabetes, and at first it takes quite a bit of care to get that under control. We're monitoring it. We're changing medications. And then as the years progress, that patient is, you know, sustained. We have their under control and much of a focus. But yet that diabetic complication rate is very high for that patient. And the care that we're going into providing just to maintain them at a stable situation it's still there. It's still present. It's still determining how we treat other acute conditions that occur for that patient. So, you know, I, I think as acute changes provide but in the back of their mind, and it. it
0: Yeah, Autumn, you 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 really were breaking up there again, and and you know I apologize for for you and for the audience. We just happen to have a bad line today. It happens, um, but we'll you know we 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 could potentially redo this topic if if we need to uh, at a later date. Um, we're gonna keep pressing ahead with the show because we do have some other things we want to share with with our audience today. But I, I'm sorry, Autumn, we lost a little bit of that again just have a maybe a bad sell or, or or bad spot you're in there's not much we can do about that right now um, you know let's um autumn let's go ahead and, and open up our poll results so again we can share that with our audience we did ask folks um, is your organization auditing its HCC assignments so here are our results um, I'll read them and Hopefully, Autumn, you can you can chime in on these as well. So we had uh, 14% said yes, and our CDI department is involved. Uh, 15% said yes, but a different department than CDI handles this. Uh, 36% so the, our our biggest bucket said no, that their CDI uh, their organization does not audit these assignments. About a third, 32% say not sure and then 4% is not applicable. Again, we had 14% do do audit and do use their CDI department to uh, help with this. 15% say yes, but a different department than CDI handles. 36% no, 32% not sure, and 4% not applicable. Uh, That was, again, with about 550 attendees um, weighing in. So Autumn, if you could maybe, hopefully your, your phone comes through well enough to maybe um, offer a few, uh, your, your your thoughts on today's poll.
1: Um, I, I'm not surprised by these poll findings at all. Um, I think that as we move forward in CDI that HCCs will come more under our purview and we'll be looking for HCCs. Um, but I'm not surprised at all by these statistics. I think this is something new and that hospitals are understanding that it's something that we likely need to monitor, but it might not be happening in all facilities. And it has a lot to do with manpower and bandwidth as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Just so you know, you, you did come through just fine on that part. So we're, 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 we're working through it today. All right. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, close these results again thanks for our audience for uh, for weighing in on that poll question all right well at this point I am going to move to our in the news segment of the program Uh, in the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession today I'd like to discuss a forthcoming change in the fiscal year 2019 IPPS final rule which is related to the Hospital Readmissions Reduction Program, uh, perhaps better known as the HRRP. Um, this article, which I'm showing you, should be seeing on your screen, is from Kaiser Health News. By the way, I just remind our our, reader, our listeners uh, to subscribe to this if you're not already getting it. It's a free daily newsletter. It's written by uh, Kaiser Health News, a great independent news source, uh, some great analysis in this particular article. I'm just going to summarize it a little bit, and again, as I always do, we'll be sharing the link with our listeners after the show on on actus.org in the recording sections of the website. But basically, this is a change from CMS that's coming. that's already actually in, in place as of October 1st, related to a more equitable system I say equitable system of penalizing hospitals with excessive readmissions under the HRRP, and I kind of use that in quotation marks because there there are um, a lot of nuances to who gets pe- penalized. But just to summarize uh, this article, in a major change um, to its evaluation, CMS this year is has really ceasing judging each hospital against all others. You may remember that the HRRP was a straight penalty across all hospitals. But uh, this year, hospitals are now being assigned to five peer groups of facilities with similar proportions of low-income patients. Um, so Medicare is, has compared each of the hospital's readmission rates from July 2014 through June 2017 against the readmissions rates of its peer group during those three years to determine if they warranted a penalty, and if so, how much that penalty should be. Um, so, as you can see here, um, Medicare is going to dock payments to about 2,600 hospitals, 2,599, or more than half of the hospitals in the nation throughout fiscal year 2019, which begins October 1st. Uh, the harshest penalty will be 3% lower reimbursements for every Medicare patient discharged in fiscal year 2019. Um, and you know those that number of hospitals and the average penalty are about 0.7 percent of each payment are almost the same as last year. What has changed is the way that the the burden of those punishments. So penalties against safety net hospitals will drop by a fourth on average from last year. This analysis found. Um, So before the program began, roughly one in five Medicare beneficiaries were readmitted within a month. Hospitals were paid the same amount regardless of how their patients fared after being discharged. Um, In fact, the way the system used to work, you guys may recall, readmissions were really financially advantageous, as crazy as it sounds, because hospitals will be paid for the second hospital stay, even if it may have been avoidable, but that's why CMS started this program. and so, just uh, by a little way of a- additional background, uh, the HRRP works with six different cohorts. So, they're looking at patients that are c- admitted for uh, acute MIs or AMI, COPD, heart failure, pneumonia, uh, coronary artery bypass graft or cabbages, as well as elective primary total hip and total knee um, arthroplasty. So This article is nice because it really describes um, a lot of the details of the HRRP in a readable manner. I also want to show you all a great uh, graphic that is in this KHN article. It's actually interactive. It's more or less an embedded Excel spreadsheet. So you can actually take a look at um, the hospitals, their particular peer group, one through five, and what their um, fiscal year 28, 18 readmission penalty was and what it will be for fiscal year 2019 as well as the change so you can go ahead and sort by your hospital on this article we have everything from abbeville general hospital all the way to zuni (laughs) comprehensive community health care center a to z and everything in between you can take a look at uh, what your projected readmissions will be and again the difference this year um, is that CMS has sorted into five peer groups to penalize less those safety net hospitals that, you know, are usually seeing more sick patients, have a higher uh, risk for readmission. We're being penalized probably unfairly uh, in prior years, and now uh, they've they've reduced the risk and kind of spread that burden of penalty around. So I would encourage you to check that out. Um, again, I will provide the link to this article after today's program Um, and another interesting related article I saw in MedPage today that some of these programs are working. Um, There is a study here of a hospital in New Jersey um, where they uh, had readmissions rates um, were, were, were cut in a COP bundle um, up to 90 days in this single center study. Again, this is just one hospital in New Jersey, but it does show that these programs are working. You know, this is a significant decline in readmissions of 22% compared to a readmission rate of more than 32% among patients with similar characteristics uh, pre-intervention, it's a pre-program. So, interesting data on readmissions. I know this is a little peripheral to CDI, but maybe, Autumn, do you have any thoughts on this? You know, sort of what CDI specialists can do at their facility to, um, you know, maybe reduce that risk of readmission, maybe look at some of those cohorts and, and assist through documentation improvement. Any thoughts there?
1: Can you
0: hear me? Yeah, you were breaking up a little bit. Maybe try that again.
1: Okay. Um, so I really think where CDI comes in to benefit this again is to making sure that the documentation supports the correct principal diagnosis because they're gathering all these readmission data from those principal diagnoses that are coded. So, you know, making sure that we're making sure the accurate principle is assigned, that the documentation is there to support it. Um, and going from there, I think it can necessarily changes our job, so to speak. It just emphasizes the importance of what we're doing
0: right yeah absolutely okay all right well appreciate that autumn we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up here with a brief um actus update again actus update is a regular feature bringing you closer to what's going on inside of actus I'm just got to take us back to our actus.org main homepage here. And um, today I'd like just to share a little news about a new book that we've published here at Actus that's available for purchase that you might find beneficial. Um, so if you were to go to our, um, our, let me see if I can find it here. Give me just a moment, folks. All right pull this up we're having we're, we're having a little technical difficulties here on actus radio today but hey that's 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 part of the beauty of a live show all right here we go so i'm taking you to our hc marketplace page which has all of our books listed we have a um, a new book that's just come out it's called cdi workbook investigating complex cases Um, and formulating queries. The author is Sheila Duhon. Uh, This is really a a first-of-a-kind book for us. Um, It is a, um, it's really a a working workbook. So if you, you know, we we have a lot of resources out there on how to formulate compliant queries. What we don't really have is a book that actually presents in-depth case scenarios. So this book, CDI Workbook, um, walks, our readers through some frequent documentation trouble spots examines what are actual redacted and and changed uh, medical scenarios from from actual case studies uh, and from actual health records um, and walks our readers through each case scenario. They offer it offers query suggestion and discussion ideas. It actually has um, within the book it has places to take notes. You know, assign that DRG, figure out what, what, uh, what diagnosis or supporting documentation could use clarification. Um, it has advice for determining record prioritization based on your CDI program goals, tips and tools for compliant query creation. Uh, it offers physician education ideas targeted for specific diagnoses and tools for evaluating CDI outcomes and CDI uh, staff effectiveness. So if you want to go in and check that out, again, I'm going to pull it up here. This is called the CDI Workbook, Investigating Complex Cases and Formulating Queries. It is available. Um, it's a great book. I would encourage you to check it out. It's authored by Sheila Duhon, who was a longtime Actis member, who is was the uh, National CDI Director, Educator, and Performance Management um, for Tenant Healthcare Corporation. Been in CDI for more than a dozen years and has used some of these similar scenarios for training her staff. Um, great new book. Go ahead and check it out on HC Marketplace uh, CDI Workbook. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today's edition of Actus Radio. Um, hope you can join us back here again in two weeks. We're going to be covering the new uh, GLIM or my favorite acronym GLIM uh, mal- malnutrition criteria. We're gonna be back with the uh, CDI pocket guide authors, Richard Pinson and Cynthia Tang, who are covering this uh, for us on Actus Radio. Hope to see you then. If you have any suggestions for future guests or ideas about the format of the show, you can send me an email at b.murphy@actus.org. And again, I wanna thank Autumn for being on the show today. Apologize for those sound um, glitches, but we we did get a lot of helpful information, and and, um, I hope uh, you guys were able to take something from the HCC Audit Program. All right, we'll see you back here again in two weeks, and take care, everyone.